morning to those of you watching live online and I guess a non-time specific hi to those of you watching on demand on catch up or maybe even from abroad you never know and I love those videos I've really enjoyed them when Martin sent me through the script I was like brilliant so excited but anyway I don't know about you but I reckon a lot of us have got expectations for how our lives are going to go, especially for those of us who follow Jesus. We think that if we're following God's plan, fulfilling his purpose, then it'll all be plain sailing, right? But in these last two chapters of Acts, in that video that we just saw, we know that that isn't the case. Paul was doing exactly what God called him to do but things continually seem to go wrong. He hit issue after issue, detour after detour. But the detours in our lives can often make us quite hyper-focused on ourselves and consumed by our own problems. But God might use your detour to bring more people to him, to salvation. And that's exactly what God did with Paul. So in the series so far, we've heard some really great stories that definitely would have made news headlines. A paralyzed man walks, identities changed, controversial messages preached, and actually identities challenged, not even just changed. And if you've been reading Acts uh, through the month of September, as I know many of you have, then you will also know there has been many multiple highs and many notable lows. And this week, our story um, looking at Acts comes to a close. That book that's all about the early church, we're coming to the end of it. However, the exciting thing is, given that we're here, what, 2,000 odd years later, that's not the end of the story of the church. And actually, as you said, all those stories would have had great headlines. But this week, I guess we can start the story as man under house arrest. Not the most exciting headline doesn't tend to create too much excitement. It's a man in a house, possibly chained to a guard, but still, big whoop. Well, except actually, yeah, big whoop. It's really exciting. This man, Paul, as we heard, was a controversial character, to say the least. We first meet him as an unashamed Christian killer. When we first meet him, that is all we know of Paul. But then he has quite an amazing transformative moment where all of this changes and he becomes one of the biggest Jesus fans to have ever existed. If you don't know this story, really, I recommend you go and read it. You can find it in chapter nine if you want to know more. It is a class story. And then last week, we heard him causing an affray, as we called it, an affray in Ephesus, who actually... This man who's been in and out of prison, has been in people's good books and people's bad books, has been preaching in temples, he's been beaten, now finds himself stuck at home. He spoke about Jesus on the streets, he spoke about Jesus in temples, he spoke about Jesus from prison, and now he's got to work out how does he speak about Jesus from home? This man is used to traveling the entire known world, he really took to heart that great commission of to go and make disciples of all nations. He had done so much, been to so many places, and now he is stuck at home. 
before we start getting to looking at him on house arrest, here's a little bit of a rundown of times. Because for me, I find that helpful because I don't know about you. In every story that I hear about Paul, when I envision him, he's always 40. I don't know why. That is just the rough age he is when I picture him. However, it was in AD 30, roughly, that Jesus was crucified and then resurrected. We have Pentecost and the Holy Spirit arrives. Again, if you don't know that story, again, brilliant. Uh, Martin talked about it a couple of weeks ago. So I really encourage you to go and read the Pentecost story um, or go and listen to Martin's sermon where it was called The King Has Left the Building and you can find it on our YouTube channel. He then went on various missionary journeys between AD 46 and 57 and then he was arrested in Jerusalem and then imprisoned in Caesarea. But then in AD 59 to 62, that's where we find him sent in Rome, imprisoned for two years. And I'm just going to read part of that story um, that we're looking at today. Uh, so this is from Acts and chapter 28. I'm going to start at verse 16 for those of you following it along. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people, against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I wasn't guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I'm bound in this chain. They replied, we haven't received any letters from Judah concerning you. And none of our people who are from there have reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are. For we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God from the law of Moses and from the prophets. He tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he says, but others would not believe. And it continues. As you hear, he's stuck at home. But there was something magnetic. People came to find him. So, as I said, I always envision him at about aged 40. But as we just heard from those timings, Paul at this point has been a Christian for about 25 years. So he's definitely not 40 in every single story that we hear, or whatever age you seem to imagine him. But even after that long time away from practicing Judaism, he's still actually qualified to go into the temple area and to follow certain Jewish rituals. Apparently, he never gave up his desire to preach to the Jews about Jesus. So after a clash with the Jews, Paul was imprisoned by the Romans in Jerusalem, then transferred to Caesarea. He was kept there for about two years before he was sent to Rome. And that journey was full of adventure and danger in itself. He was under arrest there in Rome, as I said, for about another two years. And he had experienced a real variety of Roman prison conditions. He was in a, chained in a common holding cell in Philippi. He was imprisoned in slightly better conditions in the Praetorium at Caesarea. But now we find him 
And go back two and a half years, we would have said, in comfort, while at home. However, we all spent quite a long time stuck in our homes in the last couple of years. We know that, yes, it starts comfortable, but after a while, really isn't. And whilst he's there, he's responsible for maintaining himself during his imprisonment, including his meals and clothes. His Roman citizenship did mean he was eligible for a daily food allowance, but Paul depended on friends and fellow believers to supply his food. Again, something a lot of us will know about if we ever tested positive. So while under house arrest, he was guarded around the clock by soldiers of the elite Praetorian Guard. I don't know what their uniform was. They sound very exciting. But Paul still went on to be one of the most influential people in the church in history, even whilst under arrest. But, but how? Well, when he was under arrest, we heard in the story in the Bible that people came to visit him. Some of those would have been those who were bringing food and he would have talked to them about Jesus. He told them everything and many of them were convinced and went and shared the message and passed it on. In fact, we read in Philippians, which is a letter he wrote uh, whilst under arrest. We'll get to those in a moment. But he said that he was saddened by his chains, but at the same time he was thankful for them because it meant he could share his faith without fear of consequence. What a bizarrely wonderful response to being locked up. I don't know about you, and I keep mentioning them, I'm sorry, I know we all want to get past it. But after our COVID lockdowns, after us being housebound, I don't know about you, but I wasn't exactly feeling the full joys of evangelism and telling everybody about Jesus. That wasn't actually my initial gut response, as it was Paul's. I wasn't thankful to be locked in my flat so I could tell everybody about Jesus. I, it made me lazy, if anything. I was like, oh, all I can do from home is share that Facebook post. And that was deemed enough. Whoops. But maybe it was yours, and I genuinely, genuinely commend you for that. But my response was often one of misery. Only kept at bay by the fact that I had a brand new six-week-old baby, and that was quite over-consuming because I couldn't even introduce him to anyone. I couldn't bring him to church. I had to, well, me and my husband, not just me, obviously. I had to work it out. No, we had to work out this whole parenting thing. Oh, there we go. Oh, I cut out for a second. Sorry. Um, we had to work out this whole parenting thing alone with just FaceTime and Google to help. As I mentioned earlier, that another way whilst he was in prison that he carried on his work was writing letters, letters upon letters upon letters. We know many of them. Uh, for example, his letter to the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, etc. Some scholars believe that one or more of these may have been written whilst he was imprisoned in Caesarea. Others believe they were whilst he was on house arrest in Rome. And as I say, these are letters that we still read today and we still listen to. We listen to podcasts, videos, sermons, the lot about today. If I'm ever having a bad day, I just remind myself of a sentence from Ephesians and chapter 2 and verse 10 that says, For you are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works he planned out for us long ago. I don't know about you. It's not rare. It's not often I'm called a masterpiece. And actually, God cares so much that actually he planned 
for me. He has planned for you his masterpiece. Or when I need a guide on how to live or respond in a situation, this list from Galatians that we call the fruit of the Spirit really helps and challenges me. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you. <laughs> I learned a song when I was a child, and those things do not leave you, I tell you. Or when I need a guide for how to live or how to respond. In a, that's the one I just read. Or in Philippians and chapter 2, where you don't want to hear me sing the song. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, it reminds me of the enormity of what Jesus did and how I should then respond. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by coming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I think all three of those that Paul wrote whilst in prison, whilst under arrest, have all just got such lovely, lovely, beautiful language. Again, when I was on COVID lockdown, I couldn't speak. My, when you don't talk to anyone, I don't know about you, but my brain's sort of having brain farts everywhere and I couldn't quite find the right words. But Paul still manages to write incredible truths. And these letters, you can find them in the New Testament or like the second half of the Bible, the, the Jesus bit onwards. And I really encourage you to read some of them. Some of them are encouraging. Some of them are challenging. And actually read them once you finish Acts, of course. And if you don't know where to start, either talk to someone that you've seen at the front, talk to Martin, who's currently upstairs leading our stream this morning, or email us at gotquestions at hawleybaptist.org.uk and someone will point you in the right direction of a good place to start. So the life that Paul had probably envisioned having, especially as he was following Jesus, was far from the detour that he seemed to find himself on. But this did not stop him. God might use your detour to bring more people to him and to salvation. For example, when I was doing my A-levels, I failed them. Badly. College nearly didn't even let me back for year two. I was broken. The job I wanted to do needed this specific degree, which needed these specific A-levels, but those specific A-levels were all coursework-based. I am not a coursework person. Give me an exam any day. Me and coursework just don't get on. Um, I, so I was lost. And many of you will remember at this point, um, Heather Panther was interpreting our services every week into sign language for Emmanuel, a deaf guy who used to come to our church before he relocated. And so I was doing my level one and my level two at evening course at the same time as my A-levels. Um, and one day I can remember I was sat on the sofa feeling sorry for myself, going, I don't know what to do. And my mum walked past the lounge and in typical Angie fashion, can't you do that signing thing that you do for work? Oh, maybe. I googled and the rest, as they say, is history. So this led me to Wolverhampton University, where I ended up on the leadership of a very active Christian union. The whole point of the CU was a missions team or evangelism team or tell people about Jesus team. 
on campus. Our whole purpose, our whole identity, along those very important studies, of course. I saw people come to faith four years, through those four years that I was at university. I was involved in running events that people came to. Don't get me wrong, I wasn't the person being like, hi, so tell to me about Jesus. I was, you know, the behind the scenes logistics, working things out. But actually, we need people behind the scenes doing logistics and working things out. It wasn't directly my words, but I still believe it was part of my input. I then went on to work um, as my church youth worker for a while, and I saw my young people start to get this whole Jesus thing. I had the privilege of baptizing one of my young people. This deviation, this detour to Wolverhampton that I never would have envisioned going on, it wasn't God's punishment for failing my A-levels. It wasn't God failing me. It was a God-given platform to fulfill his mission in my life. God might use your detour to bring more people to him and to salvation. God can do amazing things regardless of our circumstance. God knows us and he sees us in the work that we do for him, just as he did Paul. And we need to use these unique gifts and these circumstances that God has given us to accomplish his mission for our lives. Because it may feel like you're on a detour, but God might use your detour to bring more people to him and to salvation. Paul wasn't planning on spending his life locked up, restricted, captive, beaten, stoned. But that was what he had. And he ran with it. Paul didn't let his plans and his circumstances dictate what he did. He was dictated by God's plans and where God made his circumstances. Paul traveled the known world. He stood up to false teachings. He was strong in his convictions and he did not go quietly. But even when all of this landed in hot water, he trusted God in it all. He didn't start denying anything so he could remain a free man to carry on talking about it which I think is probably what a number of us would do. We would rationalize, oh no, but if I, if I say that I don't know this Jesus guy, then it means I won't be imprisoned, then I can carry on telling people, what use am I going to be locked up? Paul didn't even do that. Paul, if anyone had any excuse to start denying and start not evangelizing and start giving up, I imagine it'd be someone who was beaten, stoned, imprisoned, Paul rolled with the punches. He knew that God's plan was the plan. Yes, it landed him in prison. Yes, it landed him beaten. But it did not stop him. Again, I don't know about you, but I like having my plans. I like knowing what's going on. I like knowing what's coming and what's going. But sometimes we need to remember that God's plans are greater and that we need to be more Paul. We need to roll with the punches. We need to be unashamedly Jesus people. We can't find excuses. As I say, if anyone ever had an excuse, I think Paul had it. But it did not swerve him. He was firm in his convictions. So what excuse do we have? God used Paul's detour to bring more people to him. And God can use your detour to bring more people to him. As I was writing this, I glanced at my phone to see whatever the latest notification was. My phone light up 
and it was there we go it wasn't anything interesting i can assure you i have no idea what it was i can't remember but what caught my eye is i've got a little tile i've got an, just updated to ios 16 as some of you may have done the same and you've now got the bigger tile on your phone i have one of those it's a bible image of the day and it said to me and it had proverbs 19 and 21 on it and it just said it is the lord's purpose that prevails it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I think Paul really shows that, and we can too, because God can use your detour to bring more people to him. Let's ponder some of these thoughts as we look at some questions. Paul took the occasion while in custody in Rome to spread the gospel. How can you look for the opportunity to share the gospel in difficult circumstances? In what ways could the detours in your own life be God's plan to fulfill his mission through you? What do you want to accomplish in your life? In what ways do your goals serve the mission of God? What if God had a different plan for your life? What would you think or feel if you never accomplished your goals? <laughs>